Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. The Indian festival season has begun with Raksha Bandhan getting over last week. Other festivals are set to follow over the next couple of months. Indian consumers consider the festival season as an auspicious period to buy gold. So there is a lot to look forward to in the precious metal sector this year. In addition to gold, silver is another precious metal in demand. Gold has been volatile this year with prices sashaying between $1,800 and $2,000 an ounce. In May, gold zoomed to a high of about $2,050 an ounce. Silver, on the other hand, has been considered as promising since last year as its demand had exceeded supplies. Its prices too have been volatile, ruling between $23.50 and $26 an ounce. In India, consumers are looking for a gold price range of around 60,000 rupees per 10 gram to buy. To tell us more about how these precious metals will fare during the festival season, joining us is Mr. Colin Shah, the founder and managing director of Kama Jewelry. It is one of Asia's largest and modern jewelry manufacturers. Mr. Shah will also throw some light on the prospects of lab-grown diamond, which is being encouraged by the government in a big way. Welcome to Business Line's State of Economy podcast, sir. You are one of the key players in the precious metal sector. Gold has sashayed too much so far this year. How do you see the yellow metal behaving for the rest of the year? What are the factors that will determine its movement from here on? Thanks, Supervani, for this yeah. uh, podcast. And uh, see, gold has been volatile. We came from, uh, you know, probably one of the largest bull runs that the gold uh, metal has ever seen in the last uh, maybe 15, 20 years in the last two years. So after that, there was a little stabilizing and tapering off also for a variety of reasons. One is uh, that US did not go into the recession everyone expected it to go into. But at the same time, interest rates continue to stay high. Inflation continues to stay high. China is still not out of the woods. They've had too many frequent lockdowns and their economy is not yet recovered from the pandemic. Uh, Europe, you know, has been consistently, I would say, slow. And uh, the only bright spot in the world seems to be in the large economy is uh, India right now. So gold has uh, had a variety of uh, fluctuations due to all of the above reasons. But we do expect that uh, if uh, we see the kind of inflation, interest rate hardening and volatility that we've seen in the last quarter, uh, gold and silver prices should continue to go up in the next two, three quarters. But what are the upside and the downside risks for gold? See, gold uh, upside uh, could be between 2000 and 2100 dollars a toy ounce and uh, downside not much i don't think it will correct much more than another 50 dollars maybe but uh, you said the gold could climb uh, going forward but uh, what are the risks there attached to those sort of you know foresights like if you're going to say gold is going to go up what what are the reasons that could further uh, push gold uh, to a new height or what could really stop no, the gold reasons from uh, like I, no no the reasons like i said is uh, the inflation data the payroll employment data and uh, interest rates. And we don't see uh, any of those uh, coming down, actually. 
So that's why the probabilities of gold going up are high right now. And, and gold and not... silver rates generally go up and down in tandem, right? So even silver, I think uh, we continue to see a little hardening. And we are not seeing any end to the Ukraine war, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah, we are not seeing any end to the Ukraine war. So that that is another factor. But, uh, on the other hand, silver has been seen as a safe bet since last year, when its demand in India increased sharply. However, its movement seems to be far more controlled. What is happening there? You know, silver also has had its uh, own volatility, I guess, in the last 12-month period. And now what we are seeing is, uh, as a trend, that gold and silver more or less are following uh, the same pattern. So again, even for silver movement, uh, I guess the payroll data today is extremely important. And, uh, you know, anyways, we are entering Diwali, uh, Christmas season globally. So demand will be high uh, in the gift giving season for uh, silver, especially. And uh, we should see a strengthening like just we'll see in gold, you know. So I think it will be similar in terms of uh, price movement. Where is silver headed uh, further this year, sir? And what are the risks, upside, downside? I don't think silver is also range bound between 22 and 25. Okay. Uh, if uh, we see weak payroll data and interest rates hardening, it can maybe break the 25 level and you know go to 26, 27. But uh, otherwise, I think we're range bound between 23 and 25 dollars. The toy ounce. Uh, how do you see the Indian precious metals sector going forward and how has been its experience in the last eight months? In terms of overall, how the sector has been faring since January till August and also on the terms of pricing, also the demand. See, in the of... Indian market, uh, coming to the domestic context, see, uh, if you take all the parameters, right, we've seen uh, stock market at all-time high. Uh, we've uh, continued to see good quarterly results from uh, most companies. But when it comes to jewelry, uh, gems and jewelry, what we're seeing is a very uh, volatile market. So we see a couple of weeks uh, strong at retail. Then we see a couple of weeks which are not so strong at retail. So it's continued a little, uh, you know, like roller coaster kind of journey, I would say, in the last two quarters. Uh, eight large states go into election over the next uh, 12 months. And then we'll have the national election. So we're entering, uh, you know, typically that whole... Uh, uh, election euphoria across the country so there will be a lot of spending uh, luckily uh, there are also a lot of weddings uh, coming up in the you know season between october and march so at least as industry we are extremely bullish of a very healthy season ahead but the last quarter has been uh, quite damp so april to uh, may akshatitya time was good then june july was uh, very slow and August also has been slow. So, you know, once, uh, you know, the good days start from Raksha Bandhan. So, this week onwards and this weekend, uh, the trade is hopeful that uh, the retail footfall should go up. Sir, a monsoon has also been a little, uh, uh, you know, up and down. Like August has been the more, one of the most driest uh, we have seen since the last 120 odd years. Now, do you see that impacting gold demand? Yeah, yeah, it will it will definitely impact, uh, especially in the BC towns. Uh, so there there will be some kind of impact, but at the same time, we had a record July. So we'll have to see at the end of season, maybe end of September, as to what the actual uh, rain uh, surplus or deficit is uh, state wise. But uh, what we've historically seen that uh, unless you know there's famine or drought or something like that, the rain is not uh, affecting the wedding business as such uh, on a large uh, scale. 
So what impacts us is uh, the number of murats that we have in a particular season. And this season is normal as far as that is concerned. So we do have a record number of weddings coming up in the next six months. A gold price is uh, luckily for the trade. We are not seeing the bull run where the consumer is worried whether you know there's going to be a correction or a further rise. We are more or less being stable in this $1,900, $2,000 range. So we are expecting a season to be stable from the pricing point of view, from the wedding point of view. So if uh, there is no other, uh, I would say, global crisis or event, then this should be a normal uh, growth season. Sir, your views on the lab-grown diamond, will free trade agreements help increase its demand? And what are its opportunities and problems? See, lab-grown uh, is an alternate to the natural diamond and it's definitely uh, here to stay. Uh, we are getting a lot of uh, positive uh, support even from the government uh, in the state, uh, in Maharashtra, Gujarat and even at the centre. And uh, with all these uh, policy initiatives, plus I would say it was maybe, uh, you know, uh, the Prime Minister gifting uh, Mr. Biden with the lab-grown diamond was, you know, the PR moment of the year for the industry. There's obviously a greater acceptance in the West, especially the US. Nearly 30% of the engagement rings which have sold in the last six months have been lab-grown uh, diamond rings. So there is a shift happening in the West and slowly, slowly that should percolate to remaining parts of the, you know, in the world also. So we do see that lab-grown will be a large and uh, you know promising industry in the next one to three years. So thank you very much for your views. It's been really helpful and very insightful. Thank you, Subhavad.